Welcome to the Bible Feed Podcast, a place for conversations about the Bible and faith in the modern world, where ordinary people come together to help each other understand the Bible better. Let's get started. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to the Bible Feed Podcast. My name is Dan Weatherall, and today I'm really pleased to have Lawrence Davenport with me. Hi, Lawrence. Hi Dan, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Very good. It's uh, really, really good to have you. Uh, we're going to start something new today on on the podcast. We're going to be talking, uh, well, start a series, aren't we? We're going to be talking about the Gospel of Matthew. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. A, a bit of a series that we'll we'll do throughout the year. And, you, and you're, you're going to help me walk through that and, and quiz me. And uh, we're going to see what we can uncover. That's right, Dan. I'll be your quiz master. And thank you for the intro. And hopefully I'll lead the sessions, uh, the coming sessions. So um yeah looking forward to it brilliant yeah no it, it, it'd be good um I'm, I'm looking forward to um to getting a bit deeper we've done uh, a few episodes where we've we've sort of gone through topics at high level that that kind of thing um mm. and it, it which is really useful really helpful sort of intros but um it's helpful as well to sort of dig a bit deeper so that's what we're hoping to do with Matthew yeah, sure and and the, and the plan is um Matthew is it so what so what why choose Matthew why have you chosen this topic? Yeah, well, it's I, I suppose what we're trying to do, or what I I hope we're able to do, is to discover Jesus more. That's kind of what what we're doing. Um, so uh, obviously Matthew, one of the four Gospels, the accounts of the life of Jesus. So that's um, that's really uh, a good place to start. Uh, so the plan is to to walk through. Um, Matthew's a big book. There's lots of lots of things there. We're not going to cover everything, but walk through a lot of that and uh, and and see what it teaches us about Jesus and introduces us about about Jesus. That's really what we want to do. Um, there's some important topics like who is he? Who is this person? Who is Jesus? Um, what's the kingdom that he preached? You know, he, he met some character called the Satan. You know, who's that? And there's lots of things that as we go through the Gospel of Matthew, we'll we'll come up against and we'll we'll hopefully deal with those things. Yeah, and has this this um, study come from some previous work you've done, or is this fresh for you? There's yeah, yeah I've I've been looking at Matthew for some time, um, on and off for some years, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's really helpful. Uh, it's possibly the first book that a lot of people engaging with the Bible w- will will engage with. So if they turn to the Bible, they might not necessarily start in the Old Testament. They might even just have a New Testament. And it's the first book of the New Testament. So it's perhaps the first thing that people look at. Um, it's uh, it's easy to read in the sense of it's a narrative. You know, you can read that, but. But there's so much going on that um, it's really helpful to sort of have a bit of a deep dive into it. That's that's what I'm hoping. Okay, so in this study, then are we going through it page by page? Are we jumping around thematically? What what should we do? Should we start well, at the first chapter? Yeah, let's start at the start, um, and we'll see what happens. See what happens in this episode, and then sort of subsequent episodes as well. But mm-hmm. start at the start. It's got a really exciting introduction. Okay. Okay. So, so I'll, 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 what I'll do is I'll just read some of it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So this is from the English Standard Version, Matthew chapter one, and then reading from verse one, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac, the father of Jacob and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram, and Ram, the father of Aminadab. Uh, it's exciting, see? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, absolutely on the edge of my seat, Dan. <laughs> and, and that's what, how many verses did I get to? Four, four, I think. I got to verse four. And that carries on 
this list of names, this family tree to uh, verse 16, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And do you think, couldn't they, couldn't they have, you know, couldn't Matthew, couldn't he have come up with something a bit more <laughs> exciting to, to start off? Um, you know, maybe this could have been an appendix. That's, that's kind of what yeah. you do now, isn't it? A footnote or something. And, and these are all, this is all a bridge back into the Old Testament, isn't it? Because th- these yeah. names here, they're not ones that you'll find, well, you'll find them referenced, I presume, later on, but they're characters from ages ago, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's right. And what, what I want to really get across in this sort of introductory episode is the, the Old Testament background to all of this. Right. So, uh, and the fact that we have to try as much as we possibly can to read the Bible and read Matthew with the uh, the perspective of the audience, you know, the first audience. Yeah. That's, that, that's so helpful to understand what the Bible's saying. And it's so important, I think, as well. Um, so, you know, for example, when we read the Bible today, you tend to be, I, I mean, I don't know, what, what do you do? Sit on a settee, sit in a sofa, <laughs> yeah. in a lounge, yeah. Maybe you're out running or you've got it listening to it or i don't know um people on the in the gym or <laughs> whatever you know it's a very sort of individualistic way of reading the bible it's a mod we we sort of sit down and and hear it or we read it on, on our own in our sort of comfortable western uh living rooms and and whatever but but the people that would have heard this gospel first would have been in a very different sort of time and place. That's good mm-hmm. without saying, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it would have been people, you know, people. I, I mean, we we don't know for sure. It's it's um, it's called mirror reading, isn't it? Where you you sort of look at the text of the the New Testament, the scripture, and then you try and work out sort of behind that what was the purpose for this and. You know, so the purpose for this gospel, well, it was written to people who either were believers, new believers of Jesus already, or people who were interested, um, maybe not quite um, made that commitment yet, but people who were keen to know what all this Christian stuff is all about. Who is this Jesus? What's he talking about? And they would almost almost um, entirely be Jewish in their background or people who would sort of attach themselves to the synagogues of the Jews that would have been in, in Palestine or maybe, uh, you know, a near neighboring country, neighboring area in that sort of region. So we're talking about a very different time and place and culture um, and people with a different background. So people who would be familiar with the old Testament, they would be mm. familiar with these names, these people. Yeah. Um, so we're going to find as we go through Matthew, um, not just right in page one where we've got this um, this list of names, but all through it, there's going to be references back to the Old Testament. Which, if we don't know the Old Testament, and I'm guessing the average person in in the UK or in, in anywhere else in the Western world or you know other parts of the the world, um, we we generally don't know it as well as uh, as as people would have. Yeah. So 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 you talk about this. Uh, like genealogy or family tree that's what the kind of the first word or a couple of the first words yeah. isn't it? is genealogy why does matthew like this is like the beginning of the new testament why does it start with a list of names like a family tree what's yeah. important about that well it's, it's cementing that link right back into the old, the old testament straight right. away okay so you know let's let's just have a look well first verse okay these these picks out these really key individuals straight away so the book of the genealogy of jesus christ the son of david the son of abraham so if you know your old testament david is who's david david is king well done <laughs> yeah thank you very yeah. much i didn't know this was going to be a quiz dan <laughs> <laughs> turn the table and and abraham is... abraham was a patriarch 
that's yeah yeah so he's a, a father oh, figure yeah father figure yeah that's yeah, yeah, genius, yeah absolutely yeah so in fact abraham's kind of that that first patriarch isn't he the first father figure of, of the jewish nation um and david is the you know the, the first king of the line of david kind of obviously yeah uh, he, he's the one that starts that dynasty in the in the tribe of judah that ultimately is the kings that that follow him um so you know two really key individuals in the old testament they there's uh, narratives of god giving them both of these individuals promises mm. um which you know come to the end of the old testament and you kind of argue that they've not really been fulfilled um they're still waiting for some kind of fulfillment so the these you know two key individuals and here we have a claim right at the start jesus is the son of david and he's the son of abraham okay so immediately you know your ears prick up if you're of that first century jewish um synagogue goer and you you've heard a bit about this man jesus you, you're not quite sure um what to make of him and you think oh okay so this is the claim okay so he's the son of david that's what they're claiming he's the son mm-hmm. of abraham he's fulfilling these these things in the old testament so so yeah that that's what i i think is, is happening that is it's making yeah. these claims straight away um and, and you know there's there's so much more happening here um there's a couple couple more things um do you think do you think that's why um um he's establishing that link because of the jewish audience is, is do you think that's what why that is that kind of tie back to the heritage of of israel yeah well that's i mean it's an obvious statement isn't it that jesus was jewish jesus, yeah he, that's what he was that's where he came from that was his upbringing that's you know that's what he did i i think it's important to for us to remember that as christians because so often after 2000 years of, of history i think perhaps the church forgets that sometimes and preaches a jesus who's a kind of jesus for the individual to to just uh you know mm. make them achieve what they can achieve in their own terms and forgets that actually no jesus came he came the claim is in matthew that he came to be the fulfillment of the son of david and the son of abraham so mm. we've got to work out what that means you know i've already yeah. said something about promises but you know that that's who he was so there is a you know there's to understand jesus we have to some extent understand the, the old testament you know what what is it all talking about what's it claiming what's it promising so yeah that's kind of yeah okay, cool cool And as I was reading through, I actually read through this yesterday just to get a bit of context. And I noticed that there was, you know, the majority of this is kind of a patriarchal kind of list. Um, But then there's a couple of names which are obviously... Um, uh, women from the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, is that something that you've got any context or background on? I think, well, Rahab is a particular one that stood out for me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few mentioned, aren't there? So so you've got, so first of all, verse three, you've got Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Yeah. So Tamar is mentioned there. So that she's a woman. And then you have uh, verse five, Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. And then Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. Yeah. And there's another one in uh, oh, well, end of verse six. David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Um, so you've got, you know, a string of women mentioned, which they didn't really need to mention. You know, there's no there's no need to sort of draw out these women, is there? As in the family tree isn't sort of broken by the fact that wouldn't have been broken mm-hmm. by the fact that they're, they're mentioned. So what's the point? What, why are these mentioned? And they're really um, fascinating and in some respects disturbing. <laughs> uh, uh, 
events in the Old Testament. So, for example, Tamar from Genesis uh, 38. Tamar is the the wife of Judah's son. um, And uh, she, throughout the narrative, for various reasons, ends up dressing up as a prostitute and uh, and then lying with Judah, (laughs) her father-in-law, and to to continue the line, to continue the, the seed. So, you know, so that that's a very peculiar, you know, not not straight down the line yeah. kind of set of family a, circumstances, is it? Yeah, that's a study in its own right, isn't it, Dan? Maybe that's a yeah. <laughs> little yeah. sidebar we can take at some point. It, absolutely, it's uh, yeah, uh, and and you know, the very curious and and sort of eyebrow-raising situation. But at the end of it, you know, Judah realizes that she's the one that's been more righteous than him. So, you know, there's there's the kind of seemingly. Um, you know, really sinful woman, but actually she's perhaps, um, you know, the more righteous than the man. So, you know, strange situation, but there you go. It's right there in this list of this family tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so then you've got uh, Rahab, verse five. Um, so Rahab is, of course, the the prostitute in um, Jericho mm-hmm. who is, is saved. So she's a Canaanite. She, she's not um, uh, an Israelite. Um, this is this is Rahab of Jericho fame and the, yeah. the scarlet thread. That's right. From yeah. the window, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're talking Joshua chapter three there in the Old Testament. So, so she, so the spies go to her house, go to the house of a prostitute. So, so Israelite spies go into Jericho to try and sort of check out the the wall and check out the city to see that they can take it. And they go to the prostitute's house, Rahab, and they stay there. Um, and she saves them from the the uh, the authority, the king of king of Jericho. Um, so yeah, but you know, again, she's someone that's had you know an eyebrow raising occupation before mm. in her life okay and she's right there in this this narrative as well and then you get uh ruth um in the same verse so ruth is a moabite so she's um got, got a book in the old testament named after her so she's um she's not an israelite again she's from moab and she um commits her life to her mother-in-law after all the male people in the family die so after her mother-in-law Naomi, after her husband dies, and and then Ruth had married into the family, and and her husband had died as well, but she re- returns from Moab and goes to uh, to Bethlehem and sort of commits herself to to Naomi and her family. Um, but again, in with Rahab, um, sorry, with Ruth, there's a strange sort of nighttime encounter with with uh, Boaz. Um, uh, I, I don't think there's anything going on there, but it's in the narrative of, of Ruth um, in the book. There's this sort of really strange encounter where she goes and sort of lifts up the bed sheets and you know where where Boaz is lying and lies at his feet. Um, again, it's just a, you know it's an unusual situation, um, and people could quite easily have raised their eyebrows and and you know gossiped about those sorts of things. But but there she is, and she's sort of commended for for a lot of uh, things like loyalty and commitment, and and she's there, and she's not an Israelite, she's a Gentile, she's a non-Israelite. Okay, um, and then. Uh, who have we got next? The wife oh, of Uriah was the other man. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So end, end of verse six, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And it's kind of, you know, the, it says it, doesn't it? The wife of Uriah. That's, <laughs> David shouldn't have done what he did mm. um, at all because this, this woman, she's called Bathsheba. We know her name, but Matthew doesn't say by Bathsheba. He's sort of very accurate because she was at that point still the wife of Uriah. And yet David takes her mm. and... Uh, and um, yeah, it's um, it's not the best sort of circumstance again. Um, so it, it's it's fascinating that these people that if, again put yourself in the shoes of the people that would know the Old Testament, that would know these these figures, these characters, and these narratives. They would immediately remember these things and recall them 
and sort of weave this thread together that this is interesting. This is these are all sort of part of the mm. surprising stories of the line of Judah, the line of the kings, the line yeah. from Abraham, um, and and through these almost embarrassing encounters or embarrassing stories. Actually, God is able to bring His purpose or further His purpose. Yeah, it's interesting um, that that um, when you read through the gospel message, you've got the the groups like the Pharisees and Sadducees, and they seem very very um, straight down the line, and there's no messing around, and it's all about purity and absolute kind of like the descendant line, and yeah. you know, being circumcised on the eighth day, and all those different things are like signs of being a true Jew. Yeah, um, and then you've got these almost blips within the genealogy which almost disturb that and kind of would would be to them a little bit um annoying a bit kind yeah. of you know things in the way yeah yeah and i think all along all of those things are teaching that there's something greater you know there's there's yeah. something greater than this sort of nationalistic view of, of you know how god is acting in the world that's that's what i think is probably is happening and it's happening here um you know these people these women are, are gentiles they're of dubious background and yet they're there and they're part of the the Jesus who's the the Christ that which is the term the anointed or the Messiah he's the one anointed to be the king so um this is the the amazing claim that is being made just by just through a list of names you know mm. so so I said almost you know sort of joking around that this is an exciting introduction and yeah if you don't know any of that it's not at all it's bland it's it's nothing, but it probably it probably was an exciting introduction if you know all of these things and you just you can read it and ha- see how it sort of is telling the story just through these names. That's an exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and then and then you get to the end of it and you get the the account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Verse eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child. You know. Yeah. And again, whoa. This is uh, this is dubious circumstance, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this is something you can raise your eyebrow at. Um, surprising people would always, um, you know, think something th- something dodgy has been going on with Mary. Um, but but it, Matthew set you up for that already because all these things that have happened, God has worked with them. And here Matthew's saying um, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and Joseph is persuaded of that. Um, you know, here's something even more. Um, unusual and greater and and amazing um despite it looking from the outside as being dubious and and you know outside of the mode of of what they would expect i think that's what what it's teaching it's teaching it's it's telling you to expect to be surprised by who jesus is okay yeah so that's very interesting and what what about so towards the end of that genealogy then you've then got this almost like an explanation of the structure did you want to mention anything about that these 14s that occur yeah yeah so you get that um that's in verse 17 17 yeah so 17 says so all the generations from abraham to david were 14 generations and from david to the deportation to babylon 14 generations and from the deportation to babylon to the christ 14 generations and you think you know thanks for that (laughs) i could have just added it up that's you know what why why point that out and uh and and again uh think you know get in the shoes of the first century jewish kind of Jesus sympathizer person and know your Old Testament and the cultural significance of the the uh, number seven. So, you know, it's right in the start, Genesis chapter one, seven or six plus one days of, of creation. Um, you get cycles of, of seven, the seventh day is the Sabbath rest. You get um, cycles of seven years and and loads of things like that all throughout the, you know, the, the very structure and the fabric of the Jewish um, feast days and, and things like that. 
Um, so seven, seven's a, you know, a number that sort of signifies something complete or perfect or, you know, it's not, it, there's nothing magical about it. There's nothing sort of special or, um, you know, I don't know, um, weird about it. It's not, just com- a, it's not a mystical number. It's just n- used no. very often in a complete sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, you know, it's a similar sort of way to we sort of were, you know, you count down from 10 and, you get to zero, you know, 10 to us is kind of the feels like it's a full number or a hundred or, you know, a thousand. And once you've reached it, you've reached a milestone. Way, it's amazing. Um, you know, if you, if you get count up to seven, then you've reached, you know, a milestone. It's just that kind of thing. So, so, okay. So what's, what's the point about that? So you've got two, sorry, three, um, list of 14 generations, 14 being of course, two sevens There's maths okay. in this episode as well. Thanks Dan. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm here a week. Um, and you, so you've got, um, uh, six cycles of seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the seventh cycle of seven, the, so the most complete cycle of seven, the very first name, very first person in that sort of generation, the very first person in that, you know, complete, um, the package there is is the Christ, is Jesus. So again, just by um, just by presenting it like this, this is again a claim that here's something that is complete. Um, and actually, if you go through this genealogy and you look at it, in you know you look at the Old Testament and in the Chronicles and things like that, you'll be you'll be thinking, hold on a minute, I'm sure he's missed out a few names here. Yeah. And there. And, you know, so it doesn't actually work. It, it's not. It, this isn't a statement of fact. This this is a, a claim that he's making. You know, he's using the numbers just to sort of say, and and this person was significant. You know, because yeah. of the way I've presented it, 14, 14, 14, and then Jesus, who is called the Christ. That's yeah. that's what I think is happening there. let's kind of let's kind of sum up where we've got to so far so we've 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 managed to get through the first 17 verses of Matthew yeah which is pretty good for the first episode um and then we've got um this genealogy which is setting out the link back to to the old testament and establishing that that line we're establishing the connection with David and Abraham we are um identifying some key almost like blips within the, the timeline which is references back to gentiles or women or unusual circumstances which all form the the um the chronology and the genealogy of jesus and then even the structure of delivering this is emphasizing the completeness of it and coming to the point where we're going to be introduced to a similar slightly odd circumstance of um the holy spirit working on mary and thus jesus being born so that's a kind of would that be a reasonable summary of where we're at so far Dan you've got anything to add to that yeah no I, I think that's that's right I think um that's that does it that says everything we've sort of talked about um and and those that would have been hearing or reading this gospel for the first time those things would have popped straight away and this is this sets them up to to introduce them to Jesus and and who he was um yeah, yeah. okay so uh, the, my other question is there's a lot of old testament history here um and the old testament is a big old chunk of of text um so the the Christian today, can we just rely on like that chronology and we don't need to go back and look at the Old Testament or, or do we need the Old Testament to really understand what's going on here? Yeah, so that, that's a good question. And uh, go, we, we talked a little bit about that, didn't we, at the start, about the fact that it's easy to sort of preach and teach and believe a Jesus who is kind of isolated from his mm-hmm. heritage. 
Um, and you know, you can you can pick up the New Testament, you can read it, you can read about Jesus, and you can look at his teachings. You know, read his Sermon on the Mount, which we'll get to. Uh, love one another as you know, uh, and uh, treat people as you wish them to treat you, and all those sorts of things. And uh, yes, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in all of that. It's great, and I certainly wouldn't say don't do that. <laughs> um, but but I I think the the fact that we've got where have we got to seventeen verses into the New Testament and every single verse is soaked and saturated in the, the culture and the writings of the Old Testament. I, I don't know how you can say that you can fully understand who Jesus was without really having some idea of what's going on, having some idea of the backstory. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's the same with any kind of piece of literature. If you're, you're picking it up and you have no idea what the author, uh, where he was writing, he or she, what she, he or she was writing about, uh, um, what their kind of backstory was, then you're going to have going to have a rough idea of what what they're saying. Um, but if you don't know their their backstory, their culture, what their the time period that they're writing in, if you don't try and look into that, then yeah, you might glean some wisdom. You might have some sort of nice ideas that you can sort of pick and choose and take with you. But you're not going to really fully understand and appreciate what they're saying. Um, mm. I mean, just the I mean, just the four examples that you gave of of the women that appear there. You just you may sometimes you may not even realise that they are women just because of the names. Sure, yeah. And then and then okay, what's the odd circumstance around them being included? Yeah, you just wouldn't get that at all, would you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and you know, this whole Old Testament background thing keeps on coming throughout throughout Matthew. So, for for example, uh, and especially in these these early couple of chapters. So so we just just really quickly, I'm not not to sort of um, explain these at all, but um, it's, it comes up in Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-two, um, about the birth of Jesus. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he's quoting there from the prophet Isaiah chapter seven, and that's in uh, you know part of the Old Testament. So, so again, you know, there's a a, a, a direct quotation now from a, a passage in the Old Testament. Um, and clearly it's on Matthew's mind when Matthew's writing this. Um, so it makes sense, I, I think, to to go back to that and have a look and, and see what that, you know, see what that would is saying to see what's on his mind, see what the Isaiah prophecy generally is all, you know, all about. Not, mm. not that we're, we're going to do that right now, but, you know, and then later on he quotes from Micah, chapter 5, he quotes from Hosea, another prophet, um, chapter 11, there's prophet uh, quotation from Jeremiah. Um, you know, there's, there's all these um, throughout that, that sort of demonstrate that over and over again, um, he's making the claim that Jesus is in some sense this, this fulfillment, this um, it, it culmination, this climax of everything that's gone before. Um, so, it, you know, it couples the, the New Testament to the old and yeah. it means that, you know, to really sort of understand both, we need the other, um, in, you know, in some in some sense. So in those in those statements, you get like um, to fulfill that which was spoken by the prophet. Yeah. It's almost like it's it's leading you to go back and have a look at that and saying, yeah. look, this there is a link here. And the way I sometimes think about it is it's like a jigsaw puzzle and all these little blobs are being left open and then you put the piece in from the New Testament and there's that fulfilment then of yeah. the thing that's been indicated by by the um 
the Old Testament, yeah. that, that uh, Old Testament prophecy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's a few ways of looking at it. that's an, That's an interesting analogy. Some, sometimes it seems strange, the passages that Matthew in particular is, is referring back to. So, for example, one of them, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 15, um, Jesus goes, is taken into Egypt to escape King Herod, who's going around mm-hmm. to slaughtering all the baby boys. Um, and, um, and then Matthew says... Uh, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. And that's Hosea 11 verse one. And you look back at that and it, Hosea 11 verse one isn't about Jesus or isn't about anything future at all in the slightest, you know, no. so it, it's almost in some sense, there wasn't a piece of the jigsaw missing there at all. It's about Israel as a nation described as God's son called out of Egypt. So what Matthew's doing in that instance is, is brilliant because he's, He's saying, you know, look back at um, look back at the history of Israel and how God has dealt with Israel. And now he's doing something new with this one man of Israel, this son of David, this son of Abraham, this person who kind of fulfills all these things. Um, and he's this, the same thing is, is kind of happening. He's calling him out of Egypt. Um, you know, the, he's, he's going to he's going to fulfill the things that Israel ought to have fulfilled. You know, he's, mm. he's, he's in the role of Israel. Because Hosea 11 verse 1 talks about Israel called out of Egypt, but he was disobedient all the time. You know, I tried to raise him up as a child, but he just, you know, he's disobedient all the time. Matthew's portrayal of Jesus is is the opposite. Jesus is called out of Egypt and he does do what God says and he does do what his father says. So, um, so this is one of those sort of contrast fulfillments almost. Yeah, there's, a, there's a pattern in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfills the pattern. He sits inside that mold, but exceeds it. And, you know, that that would make people sit up in the first century. Yeah. Jewish people in the synagogue hearing those prophecies read out, you know, every Sabbath day all the time. And then someone like Matthew comes along and, you know, the other gospel writers, they, they start claiming these things mm. about this man, Jesus. Um, there's a few so- times that happens where you've basically got Jesus as being portrayed as like Israel without the mistakes. Yeah, there's, sure. There's like there's that kind of yeah, um, yeah. So that's a, a good example of it there. Yeah. Okay. So um, any others, or are you good for, from? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that's that's got us to a, a good moment. Um, you know, bit of an intro into the gospel. There's loads of things we're going to have to sort of unpack later on, aren't there? Um, so um, I briefly looked at that reference to Isaiah, didn't it, about Emmanuel, which means God with us. We've got to, got to work out what that means. Um, that's quite a significant phrase for in Matthew's gospel. Um, earlier on in that chapter, chapter one, it talks about Jesus saving his people um, from their sins. Got to work out what that means. Um, but, you know, there's, there's absolutely loads. But I think um, that in summary, the thing that I want this little short introduction to to sort of feature or be, um, you know, the, the thing to take away from this this episode is that there's so much going on behind the text in the, the background and the backstory, which is the Old Testament. That's, you know, that is the backstory, the backdrop to, to Jesus arriving on the scene. And Matthew's referring back to that time and time again. And if we pay attention to that a little bit, then we'll understand Jesus a little bit more. We'll discover him a little bit more. Um, and uh, I think that will that will pay dividends. That That's really, really useful to do because we get to know him a lot, a lot better. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's well worth doing. So that's what I, that's I think. Fascinating. Yeah. So, so, so Dan, how many episodes could we uh, expect on this topic? <laughs> I, I, well, let's see. I, I, I kind of put out um, maybe a, a structure of six 
right um which is nowhere near going to delve into the gospel in its entirety at all but it's uh, it might just be series one might it well it, who knows <laughs> But it's a, you know, it's a, it'd be a, a decent sort of dig in tr- into sort of six aspects of it. But, you know, who, who knows? We're flexible. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, yeah. we can do do what we want. Um, and yeah, we could carry on looking at Matthew all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, so this this alongside other episodes that we'll be doing, you know, for, for the variety, um, I think think it'd be, well, I hope I hope it'd be useful. I hope it'd be a useful sort of resource for people as to, to really get to grips with the book of Matthew and and discover Jesus, which is what we want. Smash well, thank you. Thank well, you, thank you for inviting me, Dan, and uh, look forward to our next episode. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it again um, shortly, which is good. So thank you. And thanks everyone for, for listening. Um, really appreciate your feedback and, and please just, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, let us know um, if there's anything in particular in the Gospel of Matthew that you want us to, to look at and, and talk about and discuss, then, then please feel free to do that. You can get in touch via our Facebook page or go to our website, biblefeed.org, and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks. Great. See you soon. You've been listening to the Bible Feed podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're always keen to hear what you think, hear your questions or subjects you'd like us to discuss. Get in touch with us on our Facebook page or send a message from our webpage at biblefeed.org and be part of the journey.